Hey, everybody. Thanks for joining us here on Off the Couch on the Blister Podcast Network. I'm Matt Mitchell, the running editor at Blister, and you can check out everything we're doing and reviewing over at blisterreview.com. All right. This week, I spent some time catching up with the guys from Speedland, Dave Dombrow and Kevin Fallon. It's been a while since the two have been on the show, so I wanted to find out how their hyper-performance trail running brand is faring now a few years in. We covered a lot of ground in this conversation, but focused mainly on Speedland's latest release, the GS Tam, a shoe largely inspired by the trails I run on nearly every day in Marin County. For folks interested in learning more about the origins of Speedland, I'd point you in the direction of our first interview with Dave and Kevin that aired last February. A link to that episode will be down in the show notes. But before I bring Kevin and Dave on, I want to take a quick minute to tell you guys about Blister's partnership with Spot Insurance. Injuries are definitely not the first thing that comes to mind when we think about our favorite outdoor sports. But as many of you know, perhaps all too well in some cases, they happen from time to time. And even if you have standard insurance, the cost of your deductible and often a number of hidden fees means you're likely to get stuck with quite a hefty bill for any trip to the ER or hospital visit. That's where Spot comes in. With a Blister Plus Spot membership, you get injury insurance that covers everything from trail running to backcountry skiing to mountain biking and more. All that in addition to the benefits of being a Blister member. For more info on that, make sure to click on the link in the show notes. I remember a few years ago, I bailed off my mountain bike and unfortunately ended up cracking a few ribs. But because I was on a student budget at the time, I didn't want to go get myself checked out. I ended up healing just fine after taking a couple down weeks, but I think in retrospect, not getting seen by a doctor could have led to some nasty complications. And I think if I had spot insurance, having a friend drive me to the emergency room would have been a no-brainer. All right, and finally, I also want to remind you guys to leave us a rating or review after this conversation wraps up. Little things like that really help us continue to put out new episodes of the podcast each week. Okay, let's get right into my chat with Kevin and Dave. Kevin and Dave, welcome to the show. Thanks. Good to be here. So we had you guys on about a little over a year ago ahead of the launch of your first shoe, the SLPDX, and a lot has transpired since then. So I thought I would have you both on to uh, kind of bring us up to speed, uh, no pun intended. Um, what's new? What have you guys been up to in the past year? Oh, a lot. <laughs> well, you know, I think since, let's see. We've been working hard on to get the TAM and to get it done. And um, the TAM was a, uh, I guess a good place to start might be everything we do is around our athletes. And the, a TAM was really a, a reaction uh, to feedback from some of our athletes, uh, actually from uh, initially from Leadville, right, Kevin? That That's right. Don, yeah. Talking to Don at Leadville. Right. So um we had just had some some athletes do the uh you know Leadville 100 in the uh, in the PDX and it was all good but uh they said you know it could use something that had maybe a little bit more cushioning uh you know for those 100 mile efforts and um you know long story short that got us started on the TAM uh right after that so why don't we why don't we go back and talk a little bit about the rollout of the PDX how did that go how was uh how's distribution? How's the reception? How's all that? Great. Kevin, you want to handle that one? 
Sure. I think <laughs> we were pretty pleased with what happened with the PDX. Um, you know, we got pretty good feedback from our athletes and, you know, getting pairs out in the, in the wild is a whole other thing. And, uh, you know, we had continued with the good feedback. So I think given our positioning as being equipment and being, you know, hyper performance product, we got confirmation on, uh, on, on, you know, we're going the right direction with that portion. We also got some feedback, you know, that, Hey, the, the traction could maybe be a little bit better on wet rock in particular. And so as we looked at our second commission, which was based around Liz Canty and she was living in Huntsville at the time. So that became the HSV. We worked with Michelin to find a stickier compound that worked a lot better on wet rock. So that was a, a nice evolution. It was also gator compatible. Um, and we worked with Carbitex and a little update to the plate. So, you know, we continued to tweak what we could based on the feedback we were getting. And I think the HSV then was, you know, another good reception from that. We're slowly kind of growing our user base, I would say. So that, you know, and we learned quite a bit. I think the most positive feedback we got tended to be around the fit of the upper. Um, the dual BOA system works really well. And so our drop-in midsole and detachable plate system, those were all things we felt were working really well. And therefore, we wanted to carry over into the TAM. We really liked the idea that we had a system whereby if you love the SL platform, but you just want something with more cushioning that you can know what to expect from the fit. There's kind of a consistency there. We use the same last. We hear that from runners and our athletes alike that uh, when when you switch up things too fast and too often, it can be a disappointment. You go back to something and it's changed completely and maybe they don't like it anymore. So we're trying to you know listen to that kind of feedback and, and evolve at the same time. So the TAM really grew out of kind of what we learned from the PDX and the HSV what we heard from the athletes and, and again, trying to apply the best materials uh, in the industry to make that shoe, um, you know, the best it can be. How did you guys kind of conceive of your kind of commission model? Yeah. Well, um, <laughs> there were some different inspiration points there, but um, one inspiration point that, you know, we, we talk about and we cite and uh, we're both automotive fans and uh, especially we're, uh, we're both Porsche fans. And uh, there's a, a group called uh, Singer Porsche. Um, and the, what Singer Porsche does is they'll, they'll do these special, what they call commissions, uh, where they'll, uh, it will go back to a city, let's say. So it'll be like the Hong Kong Commission or the LA Commission or the Portland Commission. And it, it's kind of, it makes, you know, it, it tells a story and it, it gives the, the, the whole, let's say the whole commission more uh, importance and it, it gives a backstory. And so, you know, instead of doing colorways and, you know, falling into seasons and, and doing it kind of like the typical industry does it, um, we thought, okay, what if, what if there's more of a backstory here um, and more of a creation process and it's partnered with our athletes and that has, and that creates a, a bit more um, dialogue between us and the customer as well, but also creates, um, and in the end, I think, a, 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 you know, a more special product. So that's kind of where the commission comes from. But uh, yeah, the insight kind of started from what we saw with Singer Porsche. And we were like, okay, that would be an interesting uh, model. Of course, they're doing a one-off. We're not doing one-offs, but we are doing very limited, uh, limited runs. So. How did you kind of land on Liz Canty for the HSV? Well, we had, 
you know, pretty small athlete pool at the beginning, right? As a startup brand, you're um, trying to find the right people to work with. And I think for us, it wasn't a question of throwing a bunch of money and trying to necessarily get, um, you know, pay a bunch of athletes. We really wanted to find athletes who were of the like mindset that we were, you know, sort of looking to do things differently, hardworking, good people above all else and, and badass athletes. And Liz certainly fit that. She's an absolute badass and she, you know, is sort of quiet on the scene, um, but she's really good at giving feedback. She's an engineer, so she's super detail oriented. So those things really worked well for us. And, um, you know, we wanted to kind of celebrate the uniqueness of that Southeast region as well. Um, so it all kind of aligned well for us to choose Liz um, and the the feedback that she gave us, um, you know, was instrumental in developing not only the HSV, but even the PDX. A lot of the fit feedback came from her. So, uh, you know, timing wise and where we were and then what Liz had to say really made sense for us to uh, to choose her for that. Kind of the first commission, really. That was the first time we talked about that language. The PDX was about our launch city um, and about the brand kind of coming on the scene. But it wasn't about an athlete, you know, it wasn't talking about uh, anybody in particular from Portland. So, you know, this is a new model and it's, I think that was the first time people got introduced to it. Dylan is the second one. So I think people are starting to understand what this um, commission-based model is a little bit better now. And um, we've, we've had good response from it, the, the chance to tell these athletes stories and, and connect the shoe to the region that they love to run in. Um, seems to resonate. So, uh, Liz really kicked that off for us. And as a supplement to that, I know you guys have also worked pretty hard to build out an athlete team. Uh, what was kind of the thinking behind that and uh, how has that been going? I know you had your uh, your athlete summit at the Gorge 100K a couple weeks ago. Yeah. I mean, our athlete, I mean, uh, I, I think, you know, at the, at the first and foremost, we're just looking for obviously uh, great runners, but but good people right to work with and you know obviously Liz fell in that bucket and and so we've organically been been kind of growing it um as we've as we've gone forward and and you know Don and Don Reichelt and Liz uh Canty were kind of the the initial athletes let's say and then um you know as as we see a good match and it makes sense um you know we we tend to move forward and uh you know Ryan Becker um and the interesting part about some of our athletes they they kind of they're all runners, but they, they hit different disciplines, which is, um, which is great because, you know, even though we're super excited about hundreds and two hundreds and, you know, everything that's going on in the, in the ultra scene, we're equally as excited, uh, about the short distance stuff going on. Um, and it's still not even short distance, but short distance compared to that. Right. Um, and see how fast, you know, a guy like Ryan Becker, uh, you know, when he's doing a 50 K or he's doing a VK even, um, we get equally as excited, um, about that as well. And, and sometimes I think for the, for the spectators, uh, those shorter races are maybe even more exciting, um, in some ways. So, you know, we're, we're pretty, uh, bullish about that side of the racing scene as well. But, you know, um, obviously Dylan, um, we were in dialogue with him for a while and that, um, just made sense. Uh, we had, you know, like-mindedness about a lot of things and, you know, we'll just keep, keep growing things and you know, I don't go through everybody, but you know, we have, we have guys like Liam Lonsdale who don't necessarily um, hit the racing scene as hard, but is, um, you know, brings another side, uh, which is kind of this more of this idea of like soul running. And 
he's also a photographer and um, in the climbing scene as well. So, you know, we like uh, things, we like runners, obviously, but we like also artists and photographers. And, the, you know, the, the mix is good. We, we like diversity of thought, diversity of opinion, and, you know, diversity of, of who we bring onto our athlete side. I would just say it's been a pretty organic process, as Dave mentioned. You know, a lot of what's happened is the athletes coming to us. We've had a lot of discussions as, you know, a small brand. Athletes will reach out to us. I think people are intrigued by the idea of, hey, trail running footwork could be better and our approach to it. So, we've, we've had a lot of those conversations. And then, as I said earlier, it really is important that they're in the right mindset, that it's not a transactional thing that, hey, where can I get the biggest paycheck? Because that's not really what we're about. We want people and athletes who love the product and believe in the product because then they're going to talk about it in, in a different way, in a way that, you know, it truly matters to them. And, and that's happened a couple of times. And Dylan's an example and Avery is another example where we had initial conversations, we maybe sent them some product and then didn't hear from them for a little while. And they came <laughs> back to us, you know, and said, Hey, I just found I keep going back to your shoe. I really like what it's doing for me or it performs better or whatever it is. And, and that is a really great sign for us. It's, you know, that, Hey, that they, they genuinely love the product and that's really important. Um, and, and so we kind of, don't have a, a giant, you know, five-year strategy around the athletes. It's, it's really allowing the right people to find us. We find the right people and make sure that it's a good match to, to be authentic and in the way we talk about the product and the way the, we approach the products. I also think like having a more diverse pool of athletes to test your shoes helps kind of give you um, maybe more diverse feedback. And so you're not just getting opinions just from like, you know, the top tier athletes because in reality that's not who's going to be running in your products all the time right like you're going to have mid packers and back of the packers so getting their feedback i'm sure is helpful in the design process there yeah spot on and also the different distances right because that helps us create different product as well you know what what um avery's going to say is going to be or not avery or ryan might be quite different than what don is going to tell us so right yeah i had the privilege of sharing about 23 miles with with Ryan on Sunday okay. and we got to we got to talk, got to talking about uh uh some some deep uh shoe talk there um that was pretty interesting um That's awesome. yeah that like I think you're right though because like he's just you know on such another level his needs are going to be different than like my needs um I'm curious too how has it been working with Free Trail I know you guys partnered up with them um what is it like 8 months ago or so Yeah I think that's probably about right. I don't know the exact timing, but I mean, it's been great. I mean, it's been kind of seamless, right? Between Free Trail and, and Dylan, obviously, because we kind of had the relationship with Dylan and then obviously Free Trail. I know they're different, but to, <laughs> to me, they're kind of indistinguishable, right? Free Trail is, is, is Dylan to some degree. So, um, it's been fantastic. I mean, very seamless. And, and there, again, like Kevin said, it's all about authenticity and, um, Free Trail, you can't get more authentic than what Free Trail's doing and what they're bringing to the sport as a, as a not only Dylan but as a group. So for us, it's it's a perfect perfect match in every way. I mean, it's a kind of the ideal partner, really. Yeah, really. Uh, you know that very family vibe. I mean, Harmony being a part of it and and Ryan Thrower. You know, it's a just an outstanding group of people that we love spending time with and we value their opinion. And so that communication is really easy and 
um, you know, again, they're so embedded in that space that it really helps us get that much closer too. So we're, we're better for it. Before we kind of get into the GS TAM and inspiration for that shoe, uh, I'm also curious, have you guys expanded your team or is it just a two-man show? <laughs> well, it's it's mostly a two-man show. I mean, I, I um, would say, you know, we contract out some work when we need to and, um, you know, now we've got uh, even Free Trail helping us with our social media and when we need support in other areas, we try to find the best people that we can, you know, and um graphics or in um you know certainly factory we've obviously got a, a tremendous amount of support there and so um as far as the the uh, speedland llc goes it's still dave and i but there's an extended group of advisors and people that we lean on and talk to on the regular so as we grow that's going to change and we're we're getting close to that point but uh for the moment two-man show that's awesome. All right, let's hop into the TAM. Um, what was the initial inspiration for the shoe? Yeah, that was Don. Conversation with Don literally at his uh, camper at the end of Leadville saying, you know, I love the PDX, but I need more cushioning. And we started a dialogue with him around um, what shoes he likes for that longer distance. But then we started testing different products ourselves, looking at dimensions, proportions, trying to figure out how do we make the additional cushioning for this product without compromising stability. I think that was one of the things we saw right away with more max cushion shoes was that as you go higher, they tend to get unstable. And that was something we, from the initial get-go said, this has got to be a more stable product than the rest of the market in this area. And we see an opportunity to use better foams that are going to hold up longer in terms of not packing out as quickly. So, you know, Liz came in pretty much with the same feedback around the same time. And then as we started working with Dylan, he kind of, he was the last one that said, hey, this would be great to have this with a little more cushioning. So we were kind of into it at that point, but we we really used their feedback to fine tune things, tweak things as we as we went through. So that that was the uh, kind of the genesis of, of the TAM. Yeah, I remember I was crewing a friend at the Miwok 100K last year, last May, and uh, Dylan was leading the race, and he came through the aid station wearing some prototypes. Yeah, and everyone I was with was like, "What are those?" <laughs> I think those were the green ones, right? Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the same colorway. <laughs> That's the great thing with that platform because we were using the same upper, same internal midsole, same plate. We were able to move pretty pretty quickly, and um, we had those prototypes done in time for that race. And you can see that there's some significant changes that came uh, after we. Got feedback from, uh, let's see, it was Dylan, Don, and Liz who who ran those protos the most. We found some things that were working. They obviously Liz set a course record at Cruel Jewel, and Dylan set one at Miwok. So we knew fundamentally it was working, but there were some things that that we saw that we knew before we commercialized this. We had to improve. So that's exactly what we say when we say we're athlete centric. That's what we we do. We we don't build a shoe in one size and test it. We tend to start a new shoe and open up four or five sizes right from the beginning. Even though we know it's not going to be correct, we know that the more feet we get it on and, and, and specifically those people, 
They run differently. They run in different regions. They're going to get us that that feedback, and they just pile on the miles much faster than than just about anybody else you could find. So it's it's really a great combination for us in a way to accelerate those learnings when we're in that development phase. I know the upper and the lacing system. Uh, there's a lot of carryover between your first model and the the TAM, um, but the midsole seems completely redesigned. What did you eventually settle on there? Well. Part of the midsole is completely redesigned, right? The, the drop-in is actually the drop-in interior is exactly the same with the plates, with the plates, and the and the actual foam and and drop-in. It's the, it's the same. So that part's um, carries over. The outside, yeah, it's completely different, and that's a uh, P-Bax beaded P-Bax midsole. Um, and you know, it's a combination of choosing the right material that was um, light uh, for one thing, because we we're using a lot of it. Um, and then also making sure that P-backs wrapped up kind of around, you actually kind of sit within like a bucket, right? You sit down in it. Um, there's an adequate amount of cushioning, um, maybe more than adequate, pretty, pretty max cushioned out, but you sit within it. And that's the key to the stability that Kevin was talking about, that you're not sitting above the platform, you're kind of sitting in it. Um, and then the, um, the Michelin rubber on the bottom is, uh, obviously we use Michelin before, but it's, it's, again, it's a, a tweaking along the way. So it's, it's actually a different compound than what's found on the previous two models, but it's, uh, learnings that, you know, we were able to set on a certain compound because of that. So, um, and then some of the same characteristics, like the, the drainage hole, um, there's still a drainage hole that you can clip, um, on the TAM, just like you could clip it on the PDX and the HSV. So there, there's definitely some similarities, but like anything, um, you know, you were, I don't know if perfecting is the right word, but we're tweaking along the way um, and hopefully making a better product for the, for the runner. What was the uh, uh, stack height of the shoe? Because I, I assume it's, it's kind of deceptive since you are kind of sitting inside of it. It's 3730. Okay. Right. Yeah. So, so, it's, it's, so it's, it's up there, but it's not, yeah. it's not, it's not by any means the most max. <laughs> right. Totally. I would I would just add, you know, the beaded P-backs is, you know, pretty pervasive and high-end products in the run market, right, particularly on the road. And as we looked at a lot of that product, um, and again, we try everything, we found what was happening is that really great in-store feel, that bouncy feel that beaded P-backs offers. Um, it gets pretty soft to, for road for a lot of road shoes and works well on on the road when you're kind of you know pounding on a flat relatively flat surface. We felt it got a little squirrely and unstable when it got on the trail when you're on off camber stuff and on rocks and so we used a f- pretty firm version. I would say what we felt was really optimized for the trail, where I think some of the trail shoes that are using that soft foam are are maybe a little bit more oriented towards road to trail or less technical trail. We really wanted to make sure that this was going to be, um, you know, a, a technical product to survive those long races for the elite. So it's a little different feel when you first step in it, but we think when people run it on the trail that they, they appreciate that kind of le- that appropriate level of, of kind of balance of cushioning. And, and again, the, nets the width the way you sit inside it all uh, makes for a really stable ride on top of um, a slightly firmer foam so and the shoe is named after mount tamalpais in marin county right. a mountain that i i run up pretty frequently uh, how much testing was done 
on that mountain in that surrounding area. A fair bit. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I mean, Dylan was, you know, and he lives there again now. He was uh, living here in Portland at the time, but he was frequently down there and, and running quite often. And so, you know, that was a, a part of some decisions like, let's say the lug heights. We did the, the longer lugs and told a story around the trimmable lugs on the PDX and the uh, HSV. We felt like for this shoe, uh, that wasn't the direction we wanted to go. We wanted to go with maybe the height that was already optimized and save a little weight. And um, so, you know, that's a that's an insight too that comes from those trails, right? PDX and, you know, when you see Forest Park and you see kind of the wet conditions that are up here, it makes sense to have that longer lug that then you can maybe tweak and adjust on your own. But for Marin, having that four and a half millimeter lug is just right in the sweet spot. And uh, so... Yeah, quite a bit of testing, and and Dylan was uh, leading that out of out of Marin. We've also got Liam in in Oakland, so he's uh, he's not far. Yeah, I think uh, you got a lot of California carpet down here, um, so I, I'd agree with that judgment. It's a decision, you know, business decision, and kind of separating the products, um, right? You don't want to kind of make a make it seem like we're uh, trying to go after the same things uh, with two very different products. Has your rollout of the shoe? kind of changed um from different models you've released are you still doing the kind of like pre-order are you in stores now how is that kind of adapted we're still doing the you know pre-order idea right now um it lets us kind of gain interest in but we we build to a set amount so we're not doing a you know to be clear we're not doing a pre-order to build to that pre-order we're building to a set amount and that's like what we say is um we're taking pre-orders but when they're gone, they're gone. So we have a set amount that we're we're billing to, and it's it's you know fairly limited run compared to say a bigger brand, obviously. Uh, other than that, you know, when we're talking about retail, we are in a few uh, locations, kind of honestly around the world. Um, and again, it's kind of comes back to just connections and um, opportunity and what makes sense. And I would say globally, we're um, we look at it as we're testing different markets right now. So we have a fair amount of um, representation for for a small brand in in asia right now but we think we're testing different markets there um we're focused in the u focused on the u.s um more um obviously but you know we're we're at um places that make sense let's say and places that are highly focused more on trail um that align with us so like sfrc for instance um we're in there right now that obviously makes a lot of sense with the TAM, um, a lot of sense with the partnership with Dylan. So that's a perfect example of like a door that we want to be in uh, no matter what, because it aligns with what we're we're doing in our mission. Yeah, I was I was hoping you'd uh, you'd give my uh, my alma mater, San Francisco <laughs> Running Company, a shout out. Worked there for two years. Okay. Couldn't recommend it more highly. Yes, yeah, they, yes. they've been a they've been a great partner, and we'll probably do an activation there sometime next month with Dylan and talk, you know be there to. Um, talk more about the product. And, you know, I think as Dave said, it's really finding the right partners. We want to be in more doors, but for us to to be in a big box place where we're put up on a wall with 150 other shoes probably doesn't make sense. We, we want to find the right places that are trail focused, that have had success selling higher end product and who understand technology in terms of the staff. There's a little bit more here to, to kind of take a consumer through. So um, we're we're anxious to find those right doors. And I'd say we're learning as a as a business, you know, um, with our experience in in Europe. We were shipping to Europe, and 
what we found is we weren't giving con consumers a great experience with that in the sense we're shipping from the US. And so there's duty and taxes that sometimes surprise consumers, which was pretty high in a lot of European countries. So on top of a premium price tag, now they're paying even more. And while we appreciate that there's interest, uh, we just have to kind of pick our battles right now. And what the last thing we want is a consumer in Europe having a bad experience with Speedland for the first time because of something like duty and taxes. So we just kind of take it that way where we, we tried it. It was maybe relatively easy to try it. And now we have to kind of backpedal a little and say, okay, we need a better strategy. We need to find a right way to get into Europe. And maybe now isn't the right time. We still have a lot of people who don't know who we are in the US, a lot of opportunity there. And so we're going to take this time to, to really focus here and make sure we we do it the right way when we get to a place like Europe. And I, and I would just say, if we're, if we're in a few retail locations around the world, you know, in different, it, it really helps us actually, because for instance, <clears throat> shout out to uh, Overland Running Provisions there in uh, Girona, Spain. And and it's great because, you know, when we get a call, any, call, any call really from, from Europe, uh, we can send somebody there, you know, and just say, hey, we, we can't ship to you, but why don't you go check out Overland Running? You know, they, they can probably help you out. And, and that's kind of a win-win on both sides, honestly. Are there any other kind of major surprises that you guys encountered throughout this process that come to mind? Oh, gosh. <laughs> there are surprises every day. Yeah, yeah, every day. I mean, that's one of the interesting things about starting a small brand, right? Is you, you're getting into deep corners of this business that even after having been in it for 25 years, um, you didn't necessarily get that level of exposure to it. Um, fulfillment is one, right? We're doing everything. I would say the logistics of getting product from the factory to our door is another one. Constant surprises with that process and what you have to do to get it here and on time. And, um, you know, dealing with customer service, that's another one. You know, when customers call, they get Dave's cell phone. I mean, it, it's like everything comes to us. Which we still think is great. We we think that's you know a good thing, um, but sometimes those uh, you know are are surprises. You know you're you're talking through something you weren't expecting to, and um, maybe you're not exactly ready, and you've got to figure out how you handle it. So it's it's great. We love being that close to consumers. We like seeing any issues that are coming up. We like hearing what's working for them. It helps us be better, um, but it it's always full of surprises. Yeah. It's typically the things you're not worrying about when it comes up and you're like, oh, I didn't even think of that. <laughs> totally. It's always that way. It's always yeah. that way. <laughs> it's, it, you, try to, you try to think through all the scenarios and you're ready for all these things and then it's something that you did never even thought of. So, um, you know, we're, we're uh, really grateful to be in this position. It's an exciting journey, um, but it's definitely not without its uh, scary moments. No, no. If anybody who wants to start a, a any business, probably, but let's just say footwear business, like make sure you're very passionate about what you're what you're working on because it's it's a grind. <laughs> let's talk a bit about the present and future of Speedland. I know you guys just announced uh, your next commission with Cam Haynes just a couple of days ago. Uh, take me through that. Well, well I mean, that's <laughs> that's another you know. Um, relationship that you know we kind of we had or we built through we had a connection through uh, a mutual friend with uh, Kip Kip Folks who was the co-founder of uh, Under Armour 
And, um, you know, we, we got into dialogue with Cam and, and, you know, obviously Cam's an amazing athlete, uh, from running to, to bow hunting to number of things. So, you know, from, a athletic standpoint, I mean, we already, we, we knew that Cam had some amazing credentials and amazing efforts. And there was, um, so we, we started talking to him about that and, and about his running and, we, we realized there was a commission there, you know, and, and kind of the dialogue started. I mean, what would you add to that, Kev? Yeah, I would say Cam's another example of a, a runner who comes at running from a, a different perspective, right? He runs to be a better bow hunter and he, he runs every day. He does ultras, you know, so he overlaps with our athlete core in the sense that they're all out there. They love the mountains. They love to run and they do the hard things. And so in that sense, Cam fits right into how we want to support these athletes. And um, Cam's a shoe guy. Uh, we knew that from the Under Armour days. And, you know, Kip is one of those guys that's been in, in our background. As I mentioned earlier, we've kind of had these group of advisors and, and Kip knows the business really well. And he put this kind of opportunity together and we we said this this makes sense for us to to give this a, a try and he's um really cam has been you know a, another one super involved and likes the product has given us feedback and um, we hope it's a start of a really unique partnership how does his like needs differ from dylan's in terms of footwear well well he's he's very different uh, when it comes to, you know, his training and his, his approach and whatnot. And Cam also tends, you know, like just some insights here. I mean, he'll tend to even run barefoot. Right. And so, wow. so within the shoe, within yeah, the shoe, sorry, 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 totally barefoot. <laughs> no, 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 not totally barefoot within the shoe. And, um, you know, I, I, I never heard Dylan or Dylan's never to mention that to us ever that he's ever, you know, run barefoot in our shoes. But um, Cam does often, and um, and that that's a, a whole different thing, right? When someone's running barefoot, and especially long distances um, or fairly long distances in in your shoe, because then then you're taking into account every little um, interior detail, um, seam, what could possibly. So you know, it's it's a it's a totally different thing. And then you know, running is a uh, is a part of of cam but um like I said he's doing the running for bow hunting so he's in other footwear as well right when he's when he's doing that bow hunting so there's a combination here of of different needs that cam has that's uh pretty pretty different or pretty pretty pointed uh than uh than maybe what dylan's approaching it as sure <laughs> gotcha have you guys received any uh feedback about the blood splatter design oh yeah we did <laughs> yeah, but, you know, we, the, we we have we have yeah. had a couple of comments and we've had a lot of really positive feedback too about the the partnership. I think the blood splatter is maybe controversial, but if you listen to the podcast we did right. with him, I think it tends to change that conversation. Now, you know, if it's offensive to you, it's offensive to you, but let's make sure we're talking about where it's actually coming from, you know, and from Cam's mouth, it was really a symbolism for the sacrifice that you make through ultra running, um, that, that willingness to, to, to bleed a little bit in order to achieve your goals. 
that's the context that that he frames it up and the symbolism that was important to him. I think it's easy to jump to conclusions about what that might be, and we get it. Um, but we also aren't going to shy away from giving athletes the footwear as their platform to express themselves. That's that's one of the things that's unique about our brand and unique about this commission model. Is you know. We're obviously going to set up some boundaries. We can't have athletes putting anything offensive, but we're not working with that type of person, you know, and Cam's certainly not that type of person. When, when I would just, yeah, when Cam explained what it was, what he wanted and what it was about, we thought it was great. And I still think it's great. You know, it, it's exact, it resonates with me. I think it resonates with every ultra runner. I think there only becomes a, a point of discussion maybe when they haven't understood what it's actually about. And what Cam's trying to say, and honestly, the minute it's explained, the minute every if you if you run and you and you put in hard efforts, you understand exactly what he's talking about. <laughs> yeah, you beat me to it. I was going to say, if you run an ultra, you, you'll get it. You'll get it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, is there a timeline uh, for that shoe? Yeah, um, I, I mean, let's not hold this to it right now. But, yeah, yeah. But, but we're we're trying. You know, we're we're looking to do maybe pre-orders in June for a August delivery of sorts so somewhere somewhere in that time frame and we'll get more specific when we can but that's that's kind of what we're trying to message to people right now we're getting a lot of questions about when that'll be available and june pre-order for late summer delivery seems um more or less accurate awesome is there anything else you guys are uh, excited about coming up this year yeah i mean short term we're off to cocodona um soon don don's running that um and we're excited to be part of it we're actually um sponsoring you know one of the sponsors of that race so we're, we're excited to be not only part of it physically because we'll be there but also from a uh, company sponsorship standpoint um so that that's exciting for us and then we have some other commissions obviously planned um well maybe not obviously but we have some other commissions planned um after after cams um that we're excited to get to um maybe won't talk about those too much right now <laughs> um and then we have some you know obviously some future you know the, the way the business works we're working on um kind of um future product obviously um that's going to release early early next year so you know we're our minds always there as well so yeah a host of different things kind of the the near near term and then kind of these future products that we're going to get to, but, um, just keep, keep building, keep hammering. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) exactly. Awesome. Well, I also, I just want to commend you guys on, on sponsoring, um, the races you do, because I think that's just an integral part of, of continuing to grow the sport. And it's always awesome to see brands step up like that. Um, this has been great. I'm, uh, I'm excited to have you guys back on at a future date to, to maybe go over some more commissions. Sounds great. That'd be fantastic. All right. Thanks for chatting with me. Yeah. Thanks thanks for having us. That's it for this edition of Off the Couch. Thanks to Kevin and Dave for the conversation. Thanks to Justin Bob for producing this episode. And from everyone here at Blister, please take good care of yourself. Keep moving forward. And we'll talk to you again next week.